Hey, it's Dr. Marissa Lee Naismith here, and I'm so honored to be sharing today's solo round episode with you. Learn how to increase your levels of focus, productivity, confidence, energy, and feel fulfilled in every area of your life. Because as singers, our whole body is our instrument and our instrument echoes how we feel physically, mentally and emotionally. So don't wait any longer. Take charge and optimize your instrument now. Remember that to sing is more than just learning about how to use the voice. It's about a voice and beyond. Without further ado, let's go to today's episode. Often do you begin an important task and then you suddenly find yourself standing in front of the coffee machine just five minutes later? Ask yourself, do you feel as though you are going nowhere fast? Instead of moving forward, it feels like you're stagnating and could be doing so much more with your life. Be honest here. Are you guilty of procrastination? If your answer is yes, don't be hard on yourself. Procrastination is something we're all challenged with at one time or another in our lives. We all go through periods where we feel like we might be stuck or we might be in a rut. Then there are days we feel like we're just going through the motions. We're simply treading water. These feelings can be so frustrating. But for as long as humans have been around, we have all struggled with things like delaying, avoiding, being stuck and procrastinating on the things that really matter to us. When we talk about procrastination, it's the act of delaying or postponing an important task. And what we end up doing instead is that we focus on a less urgent, more enjoyable and far easier activity instead. Let's be clear. If you're a procrastinator, it doesn't mean to say you're lazy because when someone is lazy, they have an unwillingness to do something. So an example of procrastinating would be you have to do some prepping for your teaching day or rehearsing for a gig, but instead you end up being suckered into scrolling through your social media or end up doing a binge of your favorite Netflix show. So what you end up doing is totally wasting that time. You aren't being lazy in that moment. Your focus has shifted into doing something important to doing something that is unimportant. There is a difference. In today's episode, we are going to figure out why you may be procrastinating and I will share some simple ideas that you can use to manage your day. Have you feeling more motivated, more productive, creative and inspired to get you started on that very thing you have been putting off? The problem is that when you procrastinate, you waste time. And when you spend or waste something, you can never get it back. 
But when you invest something, it creates future value. So by procrastinating, you're wasting time spent in something you'll never get back and you will never get a return on it in the future. We only get one shot at this life and we're here for a short time and we want to make it the most fulfilling time and not a waste of time. I hate wasting a day. I even get so annoyed if I'm not feeling well and I can't do all the things that I planned for that day. That's why I'm so fanatical about my lifestyle choices. I'm so strict with my routines and my schedules and I have my morning rituals that keep me in peak performance mode every single day. Not only that, but I want to leave a legacy for my children and my grandchildren. I want them to be proud of me when I leave this earth. It's all about legacy. This podcast and everything I have ever achieved is my legacy to my family and my community. During the pandemic, I believe it has brought out the best and the worst in many of us. For some, they have totally lost their motivation and have become guilty of procrastination. Being in isolation has given them the perfect opportunity to check out on life. Then, You have others who have used the last 12 months or so, especially while being isolated, to re-educate themselves, to learn a new skill, to reinvent their careers, to reflect on their values and to revisit their purpose and life's mission. Some time ago, I heard that in every tribe, there are village elders and the village idiots. The village elders are the ones in your tribe who uplift you, who are on your team. They support and encourage you. They offer you great advice, but most importantly, they are the go-getters and they lead by example. On the other hand, the village idiots are the ones who are consumed by the chaos and the drama. They are negative, they are defeatists and the procrastinators. This is not who you want to be, especially at the present moment, in the midst of adversity. Now is the time to step up and become a village elder and surround yourself with other village elders. Be the uplifter in your family, in your community, your teaching practice, and be the one who is a formidable force to contend with in your community. Ask yourself, Is the amount of time you're spending procrastinating amongst all the chaos and the drama far greater than the time you're being productive? You know you have a choice. You can spend your valuable time forecasting and setting up for a future for yourself, your family, your business and your career. You may think that I'm being overdramatic, but here are the hard facts. The average person lives for 75 years and in that 75-year lifespan, this is how we spend our time. We spend 26 years of our lives sleeping. We spend eight years shopping for groceries and clothes and everything else. We currently spend six years on social media or online and this figure is increasing by the month. How scary is that? We spend seven years lying awake in bed at night, tossing and turning, rolling around, trying to get to sleep. 
We spend 11 years watching television, and this includes Netflix. And according to the current Nielsen statistics, the average American spends an average of 28 hours every week watching television. That's the same as a part-time job. That's crazy. Just imagine how much you could accomplish with an extra 28 hours in your week. How much value would that add to your life? What kind of income stream could you create with that time? So next time you feel that you are so busy and so in overwhelm, break down the hours you spend procrastinating and get real with yourself and stop playing the blame game. I dare you to do a check of where you're spending your hours. You do the calculations. This is a great time to set yourself up for the future. Stop procrastinating, seize the opportunity and add value to your life and be remarkable. You may say, that's all well and good, but why do we lack the self-control to follow through and avoid the things we know we should be doing? What is going on in that brain of ours that causes us to do the one thing we know that we shouldn't be doing? We do this against our better judgment, but why? Let's look at the science here. Research into behavioral psychology has revealed a tendency for the human brain to value immediate rewards more highly than future rewards. Yes, I love this because it makes total sense. This is why when we set goals for ourselves, the present self, which is in the now, wants to take over despite the very good intentions of the future self wanting to achieve those goals. Here's an example. Let's just say that I decide that I'm going to start a long-term savings plan and that I'm going to start saving for my retirement, which is 20 years away, and I'm going to save $100,000. The following day, I go and have a coffee with a friend in a shopping mall. I walk past a shoe store and I see a pair of the most amazing shoes on sale and I absolutely fall in love with them. I really don't need them, but hey, you all know how much I love shoes and I just have to have them. I end up buying the shoes and don't end up starting my savings plan. That is because my brain valued the immediate short-term reward of those amazing shoes more than the future reward of my savings plan for my retirement, which is 20 years away. My present self won out over my future self. This is because the benefit of saving for my retirement is decades off. It is far easier for me to see the value in buying these amazing shoes more than putting away savings for a 70-year-old me. And this is why people who are wanting to learn a new program or write a book or to lose weight procrastinate because they actually are making plans for their future self. They are envisioning what their bodies look like and what they want their life to be like in the future. The future self wants to be trim and fit, but the present self wants to eat a donut. 
Sure, everyone knows you should eat healthy today to avoid being overweight in 10 years' time and the increased risk for future diabetes or heart failure is also years away. So, what ends up happening? In this case, once again, the present self wins out over the future self. When we are in that present frame of mind, what we don't realize is that being in the middle of procrastination is often far more painful than being in the middle of doing the actual work. We feel guilt, we feel the shame and the anxiety from procrastinating, and these are usually worse than the effort and the energy you have to put in while you're working. If we want to stop procrastinating, then we have to make it as easy as possible to start getting the work done. Because the problem is not doing the work, it's actually getting started. And we usually trust that motivation and momentum will kick in once we begin. Let's talk about some really easy steps we can use to get started on moving towards a more productive and rewarding life. You can start by communicating your goals with as many people as possible. Procrastination can come about because we don't have a high enough necessity to get something done because we haven't told people in our lives about our goals, our desires, our dreams, our ambitions, and we don't have people keeping us accountable. So if you're struggling with being held accountable, you need to surround yourself with people who are driven or who are experts at what you want to do and will give you a roadmap. You may need to get a life or a business coach if that's necessary for you. I have a life coach and she has been a life changer for me. She is an ex-law enforcement officer who takes no hostages, I can assure you. She holds me accountable. There is no mamby-pamby talk. There is no woo-woo stuff going on. There is no beating around the bush and procrastinating is absolutely not acceptable. You need to have someone in your life who knows you well and who knows what you're wanting to achieve and then you must continue sharing your dreams, your goals and your aspirations with that person. It's not something that we talk about much in our voice community, but in sports and in big corporations, there's a real culture around this and all these business leaders and all these sports people have life coaches and mentors to help them strategize, to lead and to win so that they can become the best in their sports or in their jobs. We all need someone we can talk to and will hold us accountable. And if you don't have anybody to report to, start by reporting to your spouse or your partner, your friend, your neighbor, but somebody needs to know what you're trying to get done. There is stagnation and suffering in silence. When we are not communicating what's important to us, procrastination can set in because our reputation isn't on the line. When our identity and our name is on the line, we have to follow through. No one wants their reputation tarnished. And that's what I do. I make the decision to do something, I share it with others, and then I have to do it. 
I remember putting myself out there, out on the line so many times with friends and family members who looked at me and I'm sure they thought I had completely lost my mind. But if I didn't tell people that I was going to be a singer, that I was going to start my own business, complete a PhD, write that book, start this podcast, I would have procrastinated. And that's what can happen. But this whole idea of telling others really works well. And it works well for me because I don't want to be called a gunner. And that's what we call those people in Australia. Those who say they're going to do this and they're going to do that, they don't do anything. This is a gunner and I have no respect for those people because how can you trust them to do anything? How many people do you know that are like that? It drives me insane and I can't stand listening to gunners. I don't want to be tarnished with that brush. And I think that's why this is really important. You must start sharing your goals and dreams out in the world with others. Otherwise, you will end up procrastinating. That little voice in your head saying, oh, that sounds like hard work. Or who can be bothered? will end up winning. But if you share with others that this is what you are going to be doing, it's more likely that you will do it because you are being held accountable. So start spreading the word today. When we procrastinate in the moment, it can be that we're not focused because we're unsure of what we need to get done. We don't know what to do or it can be that we are totally disorganized. It's not necessarily that we don't have things to do, right? That's not what procrastination is. It's that you do have things to do, but you just don't do them. The reason you may be procrastinating is a lack of mental focus on what you're supposed to do or you just don't know what you're doing. So you don't end up doing anything. The research tells us the ways to overcome all these issues is pretty basic. Here's how, and that is with the help of a three-step planning process to help you have clarity and focus on all those important tasks that you keep putting off. And I absolutely swear by this. I live my life by this. So many people say to me, oh my gosh, you get so much done. I don't know how you do everything that you do. I get called a pocket rocket. Yes, I do have energy. But I reserve my energy on the things that I need to do and not the things that I shouldn't be doing. I am time efficient. I'm not a time waster. I choose what I need to do very carefully and I don't spread my energies too thinly. Okay, so the first part of the planning process is that I go into every day of every week absolutely clear on what I need to do, what I want to do where I have to be and who I need to see. And my planning for that week starts on a Sunday. 
I schedule everything into my planner by the day and by the half hour for that coming week. This might seem a little too much and it does take discipline to create such a detailed planner every single week. But then once the week rolls around, it takes even more discipline to stick to it. When I have that schedule, I can look at my week ahead and check not only what I must do, but what I don't need to do. So what are the things that I do not want to be on my schedule? What can I move? What can I eliminate? Reschedule or quit? These are the very things that may cause me to procrastinate that will hinder my productivity and they will keep me from my needle movers. Having this allows me to be intentional with my time. I even allocate my workout sessions and my coffee breaks in there. See, I love going for a half hour coffee break at my favorite cafe on my mornings off. So why wouldn't I schedule that time? It's really important to your productivity to start planning your week in advance. Every Sunday, sit down and look at the week ahead and go be productive. The next part of my planning process is that I check my planner the night before. Did you know that your working day actually begins the night before? In order for you to begin your day where you really absolutely smash it out and get things done, it all starts the night before. And you shouldn't do this the hour before you go to sleep because by then you should be powering down for sleep and you don't want to go to sleep thinking about all those things you need to do the next day. You should do this, say, at around 6 p.m. to maybe 8 p.m. This is the time your productivity starts. The research shows that during those hours, this is when you start to go into that mindset to prepare for the next day. And you must do this by writing out your schedule for the next day. It's not enough to go through it mentally. You have to physically write down your agenda and your goals for the next day. And if you do that mid-evening the night before, it has been proven that you will procrastinate less the next day. How crazy is that? I think it's because your goals and your agenda have time to marinate in your brain subconsciously overnight. And in the morning, when you already know what you're supposed to do that day, you can just hit the floor running. Then the final part of that planning process is in the morning. Once again, you must always begin your morning by going over your schedule and your goals. It's so important that you never, ever, ever just show up to work without being fully organized and without that plan. You need to have a plan or you may just end up procrastinating. You need to be very clear, really clear in the morning about what are the things that are most important that absolutely must get done that day and why. And if you don't do that, Yes, okay, you may still be productive. And yes, you may still be great at what you're doing, but you will not be as consistent as what you could be. It doesn't need to be for long. I just spend five minutes every morning while I eat my breakfast, just looking at the day ahead. Literally, it might just be that I may have only five things to do that day, 
but I will spend a minute thinking about each of those five things. So each one of those is surrounded with clear intentions of the outcomes that I want to achieve. So follow this three-step plan by scheduling your week on a Sunday. Review the schedule the night before so it allows you to make changes if needs be as you may find that you might have to move things around and then the morning of revisit your schedule again and spend a few minutes setting intentions for those tasks that you have planned for the day ahead. And what you'll find is you will stop procrastinating. Remember, a lot of procrastination is either because of lack of focus or just feeling overwhelmed. You are far more focused when you have a plan and you have less overwhelm when you have a plan. Once you have a plan for your week and your day ahead, it's not so scary. Your environment has an impact on your productivity and this may be causing you to procrastinate, especially in the workplace. You cannot underestimate the power of your surroundings. This has been proven to be a cause of procrastination and time wasting. Your work environment, that is your workspace or your work location, including the commute, really does impact on how much you procrastinate. Here's some fun facts. Did you know that people who work in dark rooms tend to procrastinate more than those who work in well-lit rooms? If you work in a place that you don't enjoy going to, you will procrastinate more than those who love their surroundings. If your environment is too noisy and full of distractions, all these things will also impact on your productivity and procrastination will set in and you will find yourself standing at that coffee machine. You are not going to be inspired in that space. So check out your environment because these external factors can kill your inspiration and your motivation in one way or another. Some of you may think this is a cop-out and you don't believe that external factors should be used as an excuse for procrastination. You may believe that in life you have to be self-motivated. Yes, that is true to a certain extent, but I truly believe that no matter wherever we're at, we have to find great engagement and joy in our surroundings. We all need to find a place where we can go to to get the job done. I have taught in a dance studio and in teaching rooms where the noise from the dance class next door killed my productivity and my ability to focus on my teaching. This is how I started my teaching career and I soon realized this was not going to serve me or my student that was standing in front of me. The pounding of the bass through the walls and the vibration on the very floor I was standing on was killing me. Things really became overwhelmingly difficult when there was a tap class on in the room next door. You want to go try that one. This killed my productivity, my creativity and my inspiration to work. I don't think I delivered my best teaching in those surroundings even though I was trying my best. And procrastination can especially be a problem if you're working from home. And if this is you and you're finding it difficult to work from home for whatever reason, 
then you have two options. Firstly, you can try to find another room or dedicated space in your home where it's set up specifically as a work zone with no distractions, somewhere you know you can go to to get things done. Your phone isn't there, the TV's not in there, the dog's not in there. So it's a great environment that keeps you on target with what you need to achieve. If necessary, you can put a sign on the door that reads, no parents, partners, pets or pals pass this point. Don't you love that? I dare you to put that sign up. If you find that you are still easily distracted, no matter which room in the house you go to, you may just need to get a workplace outside of your home. But no matter where this space is, inside or outside your home, you need to show up there on a regular basis and work. Otherwise, you will keep procrastinating. You need to schedule to go into that workplace and be proactive in achieving those things that need to get done. So if you're still struggling with procrastination, be sure to check out your environment. Ask yourself, is this a place that is set up for me to get on with all the tasks that I need to achieve? Do I enjoy going there? And do I have a schedule for going into that space? If not, this could well be the very reason why you're procrastinating. We need to make the task more achievable. As I said earlier, the problem with procrastination is usually focused around starting something. It's great to have these big dreams and aspirations and goals to aim for, both within your professional and in your personal life. But if the distance between where you are right now and your goals is far too great, you might just be setting yourself up for procrastination. You find yourself stuck because it's all too much and you don't even know where to begin. This is why we need to look at our goals and break them down into smaller, more manageable bits, especially if we're feeling in overwhelm. Because if we believe that our goals are achievable, it's so much easier to get started. Then we will be less likely to procrastinate. Ambitious goals can be inspiring and motivating at first, but they can also be intimidating if we don't have those smaller steps to make them achievable. However, before breaking down your goals into smaller steps, you need to define your goals properly. This means that your goals should be as precise as they can be and should not just be kept in your head. You must write them down and put them somewhere where you can see them often. I'll share a little secret with you here. I keep mine in the bathroom and I have no choice but to look at them. Yeah, okay, sorry for sharing that one, but I think you get the picture. Now, let's go back to the example of saving $100,000 for my retirement 20 years away. This is a huge amount of money. It is so hard to start saving that money if you look at it as a lump sum. And it's so easy to procrastinate because you don't even know how to get started. But if you break it down into smaller chunks, it doesn't seem so bad. 
you may decide to break it down into monthly installments and you end up saving $416 a month. And after 20 years, done, you have $100,000. This way, having a clear structure and a more manageable savings plan, it doesn't seem so overwhelming and will help reduce procrastination. If that milestone is still too big, you can break it down further. You can simply put aside $100 every week instead. And yes, after 20 years, you will have that $100,000. Aside from that, be sure to make a list of specific tasks that are necessary for you to achieve your weekly or your monthly milestone and write these in your weekly planner. So some of these things may be, when do you get paid? What day do you plan to put this money aside? And make it the same day of every week or of every month to help you stay on track. Do you have to physically go to the bank? Consider all the tasks around the milestone and get into a routine with them and be sure to prepare everything you need. The key to success is good preparation. And in this case, another thing you may need to prepare is a savings account. Do I need to go and open one up? Do I need to research which bank is offering the best interest rate? Am I going to invest the money in shares? If so, which shares? So try to anticipate what you need to complete every task from practical things to professional help. This will help ensure that there are no setbacks by the time you want to start your savings plan. Preparing adequately for each task and getting the necessary support will help you save time because you will be ready to roll up your sleeves and get started right away. Once you are prepared, this will stop you from spiraling into procrastination. When you feel stuck or you find yourself procrastinating, take time out to release the tension and set the intention. Okay, you can begin this by taking time out and going for a walk. This is so basic. I know it sounds like your old-fashioned type of wisdom, but it actually works. Taking time out can inspire tremendous amount of creativity and the highest level of achievements in all artists, musicians, composers, songwriters across every realm possible. The highest achievers tend to go for a walk when they're stuck and they do it proactively. Your walk needs to be outside, out in the fresh air, getting those rays on you and this will help you immensely when you're stuck. Next time you feel like you're procrastinating and you're stuck, immediately get up, leave and go for a walk and release the tension. When you come back, increase intention. Sit down, close your eyes and breathe. And if you want, you can try meditating. It can be a short two minutes or maybe five minutes of breathing or meditations where you simply sink into your chair, close your eyes and try to release all the tension in your neck and your shoulders and your whole body. As soon as you get to that point where you feel like you have released most of that tension in your body, you can now start setting an intention for what it is you're about to do. 
It could be, I am about to start teaching my next student and my intention is to deliver the highest quality teaching and be totally focused on that student and be responsive to what that student needs as he or she walks through the door in that moment in time. Now it's time for you to open your eyes and go for it. And that's what I mean by release the tension and set the intention. Next time you are in your teaching studio or sitting down at your desk and you want to be more creative, close your eyes, release the tension in your body and set the intention for the very next activity. If you learn to do this every time your butt hits the chair, you will find that extraordinary level of energy and focus and creativity will come back in that moment. I promise you, it's really, really powerful. The problem with procrastination is that it can restrict your potential in life and undermine your career. It can disrupt teamwork, your family, reduce morale, lead to isolation and even to job loss. The problem is real. You don't want that in your life. So it's crucial to take those important steps to prevent procrastination. From now on, no more excuses and no more procrastination. Right now is the opportunity to make positive changes and it's about letting go of chaos and drama. You have one life and you have the potential for greatness. Use your time to become the CEO of your family, your business, but most importantly, your life. Stop procrastinating and start focusing on leading the life you dreamed of, being the person you imagined to be and accomplishing your life's mission. Life is short and there is no time for regret. you enjoyed this episode of A Voice and Beyond. Now is an important time for all of us to spread positivity and empowerment in our Singing Voice community. It's time for you to invest in your own self-care, personal growth and education. Use every day as an opportunity to learn and to grow so you can show up for your students feeling energized, empowered and ready to deliver your best. Be the best role model and mentor you can possibly be and watch your students thrive as you do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to share it with a friend or a colleague who you think will be inspired by this. Copy and paste the link and share it with the people you think will enjoy listening to this show. Please share it on social media and use the hashtag A Voice and Beyond. If you would like to help me, please rate and review this podcast and cheer me on by clicking the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts right now. I would love to know what it is you enjoyed the most about this episode and what was the biggest takeaway for you. 
I promise you there are many episodes to follow as I'm committed to bringing you more inspiration and conversations just like this one. I'd like to finish up with my final thoughts. Remember that to sing is more than just learning how to use the voice. As singers, our whole body is the instrument and our bodies echo what we feel physically, mentally and emotionally. So singing is not just about the voice. It's about a voice and beyond. Please take care of yourself and I look forward to your company next time. 